Welcome to Season 5 of the podcast of the Urban Mystic. Season, we're exploring relational spirituality. It's rooted in the drawing near and withdrawing of God. It's a practice of spirituality that's rooted in God's relational presence. In this sense, relational spirituality differs to the dominant spiritualities we used to. The doing church paradigm, along with our devotional and formative spiritualities, are rooted in the paradigms of silence and mystery. In this episode, I share my own life experience, my own experience, my own early journey uh, in terms of experiencing God. The first phase that brings me from um, the first kinds of reaching out to God to recognizing that I can establish, I, I can work on a reciprocal relationship with God. So uh, it's a conversation recorded much earlier this year, but it's very fitting to show the kinds of conversations that are relevant. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment on your favorite listening platform. We genuinely believe that nurturing the value for intimacy with God leads to practicing the presence of God, and that this is the most important and critical quest for our generation. We rely on your general support to do this work. If you'd like to support us, follow the link in the show notes to PayPal to make a contribution to our work. Cool. So, Tim, here we are on the other side of the microphones, and we're going to record a couple of sessions each tracking similar questions that we did with uh, with in fact all of our previous guests really around our own experiences of God and I'm going to just pop a couple of things out quickly before we get started just just for our listeners in terms of orientating them around these these exact episodes yeah so so we we have this feeling which you know which we explore elsewhere a little bit further that it's important for us also to put our our own answers to the question, specifically the first question around our earliest experiences of God, out there as part of the conversation of what we've been gathering together with all our wonderful guests. And hopefully we will continue to do with a lot more guests in the future to come. Um, and so this is really us on, on the other side in the firing line, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and, I, and I know that you are too. And we're going to try something also that's a little bit new. We're going to do this initial conversation and, and look at experience and, uh, and you're up first tonight. And then I'll go second. We literally flipped a coin, if I remember. We did. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. So you're going first and then I'll go second. But we're going to do an initial conversation tonight. And then whatever it might be, 12 hours later, tomorrow morning, we're going to have a follow-up session, almost a, almost a debrief and a revisiting to see what has emerged further in our minds as we've processed a little bit more. What are the questions? Uh, are there areas that jump out, you know, that are highlighted towards us that we could have a further stab at or revisit or take a little bit further or whatever that might be? And I'm very excited for, for that approach because... I love conversations after the conversation. I, I feel that there's such a richness there. And I think specifically with the idea of this, this kind of mystical spiritual experience, there are things that grow over time. And you were saying earlier when we were chatting about, about how kind of raw and primal these experiences can be, and, and they're not even necessarily always completely processed from when they first happened, they in many ways, they unfold over our lives and, and sometimes with more attention unfold even further. And I'm excited that that for me is a, is a bit of a nod in that direction to go, we're going to talk tonight. We're going to talk at as deep a level as we're able to 
and then we're going to reflect on that a little and revisit it. And then the second part of that, which I'm equally excited on, and I'm just incredibly nervous about, but, but hey, let's see, is that perhaps that there is space in that gap between us talking tonight and tomorrow, perhaps even for something kind of to happen. And I guess what I mean by that, 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 I, that, I, that I, I realize I'm, I'm avoiding somewhat by making it so vague is what I mean is, is that perhaps there's space for God to speak in that, in that interim, that God might speak to you or I about the conversation leading into the next one. And, and that's a big statement to make, I realize. And, you know, in the rest of our season, we'll be unpacking things like that. And what do we mean by that? So I'm going to leave that simply, you know, from my side for now. But that's, that's, the, uh, that's the kind of format we're going for. And, uh, and we'll see what emerges from that. Um, I don't know if you want to jump in at that point on anything I've said. I've got one or two more things to put out there, but uh... no, no, I, I, I think I think I'm with you there. I, I'm, I, I equally, I like what you say about the conversation that, uh, after the conversation. <laughs> you know, because there's there's often things I've I've noticed in in editing and reflecting on things that 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 sometimes a question is pushed. You know, like I'm thinking back to a conversation that you and I had. had especially that 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 episode that we did on, on my Facebook post, for instance, where where in, in listening to that again, I realized that that you were asking for something and I was, I was missing the nuance of what you were asking for to, to come back to that and have the opportunity to go, oh, Steve, you know, yesterday, I think you were pushing for the following or asking about the following. And I and, and now it's layered deeper within me. And I realized that there is actually a deeper answer or a more mature answer or, a you know, an answer that's had time to gestate a little bit more rather than you know like 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 coming into the conversation it's it's easy to come in with a busy mind you don't, i don't always hear things as they are if, if if that makes sense so so i'm i'm looking forward to this and i'm looking forward to this as an experiment but i'm particularly looking forward to this as a you know as a sharing and exploration of each other's experience one thing that jumps out to me in terms of what you're highlighting there is the collaborative nature of something like this and and that heads directly in the direction that I'm thinking of this, this relational idea is that it's not just you speaking and me asking you questions and that's kind of where we finish, but you then almost take over that, that initiative of that agency and go, well, I'm gonna now question the questions and question your direction that you were taking me in, et cetera, and, and come back with some thoughts. And, 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 and that for me is, is even though there's a gap verbally between tonight and tomorrow as we speak, there's for me a relational connection between the two conversations of people who are invested in each other's experience and really trying to, to, to listen and to bring it out for what it is and what it may still be becoming, you know, as it merges, emerges and unfolds, et cetera. And so yeah, that's really, uh, it's really exciting for me. Yeah, we, we're going to focus quite a bit of time on, on, on this initial question, the, the earliest experiences of God. And we, we may track that over, you know, the linear timeline of, of each of our lives, you know, quite broadly, or we, we may stick to certain periods that's going to emerge as we talk. I guess my, my point I'm trying to make there is that it is that we will be leaning less towards, you know, question two and three that we ha had many of our that we posed many of our, our guests, the deconstruction and then the where are you now? And 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 that's a space that uh, that I think we feel free to go 
because we've we've kind of built a foundation between us that we haven't had with any of our, our other guests because many of them have been first time meetings. And so one has to be sensitive, I feel, to that in terms of a first time meeting. You can go places with somebody where you've established more rapport over time and more trust. I think that's a natural part of the the relating to one another experience. Yeah, you know, if we if we push this initial question too hard, I, I, I just I recently watched Don't Look Up and there's that scene where where they get thrown in the car with a bag over their head and then they you know, they get questioned afterwards. You know, if if one pushes the personal questions too much like this with guests that you're just getting to know, it can feel like an interrogation. So that's one of the things of of, of just uh but then also I think for us what emerges is the sense that this is important. This is important and it's important to give time to it. And And so yeah, I mean this this is cool. We're going to go for it. So we, we've done a little bit of of recording of our actual spiritual experiences, but never never tracked intentionally back to the beginning. Well, I'm just going to jump in then. So over to you, Tim. Um, I mean, you know the question, but I'm going to pose it anyway. Please just, do uh, help me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking a of that. It's fairer to you for me to just go. Well, you know, there's the bat and run. <laughs> um, and also, any any of our listeners who who may just suddenly be joining us on this journey in this episode, it would be fair to actually just put the question out in a in a coherent form rather than just some mumble and then say Tim. Um, so yeah, so so Tim, tell me about. Tell me about your first experiences of God. What were they? Was there one specifically? Is, is there an initial experience that not so much eclipses all the others, but, but has a real sense of an, like an igniting spark? Is there a series of things early on? And, and what were they? Where were they? How did they come about? Um, what did it entail? What did it feel like? And I'm going to try and match your narrative with, with you know, listening and, and kind of letting you go, but also trying to just jump in at any point and put my finger on something that I, that I feel we could, we could go a little further with or might be a bit unclear or, or whatever that might be. So if you're okay with that. Um... To go into this experience and to open up the permission <laughs> to speak for myself to speak vulnerably about it and to um to give you the full permission to you know question and probe and explore however you want it changes the dynamic of the storytelling right it's not just a reporting thing there's layers that i would report to others or like you know as i've told it in the past but to actually go into the experience and especially go into some things that are are not as clearly processed or not as clearly said this is this ends up being quite a different experience for me and I'm, I'm i'm aware of that so i think of my early experiences as taking me up until the point that i realized that i could reciprocate a relationship that i'd i'd been experiencing it a, a, a an, an other that was breaking into my experience over a number of years but that i i'd never actually gone oh well you know i can i can have a relationship with you so my, my early experiences take me up from about 1987 to 1991, really. So it's a, it's a few years. <laughs> and just put, put an age to that, if you, if you will. It takes me from, from 11 till about 16 years of age. Part of the question that you asked is, is there a single experience or is there several experiences? For me, that's several experiences and they, they're actually different. And the first two 
are not the most significant ones but i realize in retrospect they play such a shaping role in my life to this day that they're actually also part of the experience part of the story so ordinarily i would tell the third story as though this is the introduction <laughs> but but i realized as i've reflected on it there's actually layers before that wow awesome i, I hope that makes sense <laughs> yeah very much so i mean i'm immediately putting a pin in uh, in <laughs> what you said earlier to return to I'll, I'll come back to some questions but yeah please uh, it, sorry just to be fair in terms of what i'm talking about where, where, where you talk about um, kind of the invitation to relationship and then a, an emergence over time of the realization that it's reciprocal basically and so i'd love to to come back into that but uh, yeah take us back to one and two and three and beyond it's it's four key I don't know, are they events or processes, experiences, you know, they, so, so there's four, four key things here, really. <laughs> Just by way of orientation, so that like, I can, I can keep my head straight with this. So, so I haven't, I haven't prepared this, but as I've reflected, I realized that there are these things and I, you know, I'm happy to speak to you about them quite raw. And, and I've spoken you know, I've, I've alluded to them in the past anyway, or like, you know, shared them at a certain level. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll just start. I, f for me, my, my life experience is not separate from my mystical experience, my experience of God, you know, drawing near in one way or another. So, so it's very much, it's very much part of my life and it's played a shaping role in my life where the experience of God has, has then led to my life changing in very noticed, in very clear ways. You know, just the history as my life has gone but the starting point really was um was my f my, my father died I, I had already died um my my mother was uh bipolar and um catatonic half the time and delusional the other half um and we were very poor so so th there's a there's a section of my early life that that was a real struggle as a child having to take care of myself from about the age of seven in retrospect i feel is is when i started having to do things like cook and do the washing and you know all of that kind of stuff so 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 that that's the context in which which the one day um you know we um, um money didn't last through the month which meant that food and electricity and things like that didn't last through the month the one day my mother basically sent me to go to the church down the road to go and ask for some money because we didn't we didn't have enough to get through um so sure i i realize in telling these stories like this is this is very vulnerable t terrain so <laughs> i might i might need to take a moment every once in a while and and this is a particularly painful story um so so my first experience really was knocking on this uh, church door uh, i don't think it would be fair to name the denomination <laughs> and basically going hey you know like my mother sent me to ask for some money so that we can buy bread and shit you know and then basically responding by going well you know you're not a member of our congregation and uh yeah sorry like you know you don't come to church so we can't help you um and I think that that's, that event had, a, I mean, it, it definitely had a significant impact on, on me just personally. 
um, that it also has an impact on my idea of God because the institution that claims to represent God and, you know, these, these Germanies, um, you know, and, and pastors and that kind of stuff, they, they represent something. So that, that in retrospect is a, as a raw traumatic experience, like gives me an idea or at least gave me an idea of what God is like and what religion is like. And at the same time, there's, there's a tremendous amount of, 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 of shame and pain in that rejection that is really hard to make sense of uh in, in in retrospect but but that's so so for me that was a that that was a starting point but it didn't really you know i realized in retrospect it's it it's the story of of like one of my first really conscious exposures to god obviously you know being in south africa religion was everywhere you know christianity in particular but my family we didn't talk about re religion politics or sex you know like we just don't do that so i don't remember religion being a part of our family at all you know and i don't i don't recall us doing things like going to church or or anything like that so so anyway so so i had this as an experience and i i realized in some senses this carries through in terms of how i feel that religion and christianity in particular says one thing but if you dig below that it doesn't deliver on what it promises so there's there's that layer that I struggled with. So that was the first real exposure. The the second one builds doesn't build on that. I I had a friend who uh, got into doing those like you know those Christian like camps, those holiday camp things and that. Mm, yeah. And I got dragged. Uh, well, I mean I say dragged, but I mean I was I was I was bored and on holiday, right? So I went along to a day or two of those. You know, did the social thing and whatever didn't have any sense of God in that or anything like that. But, you know, like there's, there's people interacting, you know, it's a good, it's a good interaction. But anyway, this friend of mine went through a conversion like experience. And, you know, so, and I think it was with the, with the assemblies of God. And so he was getting baptized and he invited me, he invited me to come along to his baptism. And I remember the experience of, of being at his baptism and and feeling that there was a presence that was that was over everything I, I literally had a sense of a presence drawing near at his baptism that was that was expansive that 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 permeated the whole area and, and, and had settled a bit like almost like a cloud settling like mist would settle nothing visual there was no ordinary experience or anything like that there was just this deep awareness of a of a presence and and I could see this presence and it saw me. And and there wasn't much more of an interaction than that. But it happened in the context of this of this friend of mine's baptism. Now now I mean I in which I don't even remember the guy's name. I just I just remember thinking uh, as part of my friendship with him that uh what does a rich person look like it looks like you go to their house and they've got spare food lying around like they've got apples in a bowl sure. and so that's that's a that that's something that stayed that has always stayed with me yeah anyway so so those were the first two just just that line sorry to interrupt there but that line that you talk about in terms of the presence i just want to be sure of what i hear you saying you're you're talking about a, an interactive moment where you say you see this presence and you say you experience the presence seeing you. Yes. Yeah. It was totally silence, but I literally felt it through my whole body at the same time as well. 
so it wasn't just a there, there was a real sense that that whatever this presence was it it was ex, it you know it, it was expansive it was it was all around the area it but it was conscious, it was aware, and its its awareness turned to me in that moment, and I, I was aware of it being aware of me. But I had no language for it, and I, I actually didn't connect it to the religious setting of the baptism. You know, it it happened in the context, but I didn't go, oh, this is that. In retrospect, I can I can make those those connections. But for me, it was it was it was it was something that almost took me out of the situation in terms of my awareness of it that i was i was more conscious of this presence and its its consciousness of me than i was of what else was going around you know so and, and that would be similar you know if there's someone next to me and i i tuned out to interact with them it's the same kind of thing you know mm. I, I tuned i tuned into to this thing and you know it was just a just a an icu kind of experience you know mm. um, but without the eye of sauron <laughs> 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 and no hobbit rings either <laughs> yes no, but i follow i follow you because I, th I think that's a really helpful distinction if i can just say quickly because because people will talk about dissociative experiences and kind of go was it you, you disconnected from reality and and so you know that that sounds suspect as opposed to two people who discover themselves to be interested in each other, you know, the eyes across a crowded room <laughs> would tell a similar story. You know, what was the waiter wearing? What was happening around you? I, I don't know. I was connecting with this other on the other side of the room and I could see they were connecting with me and there was something happening between us. And, and that is an everyday, well, everyday relational experience. That, but that's fascinating, that awareness that you talk about of, of your awareness of the other's awareness of you. That particular experience, that the subtlety of that, um, but that awareness of something becoming present, that other becoming present, and you know, having personality, having like intentionality, you know, it's, it, 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 I struggle with words because I feel like I'm, I'm now taking words back to the experience that I don't know if I would have had then. But, but that awareness of that some, something has become present and it turns its attention to me and I can turn my attention to it. That layer is a key component to all the subsequent experiences for me that follow. So it was like, it was very much a soft, it was like a soft introduction. I think that was my soft introduction to to the presence of God. And so when you speak about the numbering of the experiences that you started with, is this one or is this two? That, this, would, I, this would be two for me. And one is the experience at the church door. Yeah. Yeah, this, I, I don't feel like there's much more to say about that other than I can still... It, it had such an imprint on me that I could feel like I can close my eyes and I can almost see the scene with the people there in the swimming pool and you know all of that kind of mm. stuff with the person getting baptized and mm. you know it's it, it's that uh, like I'm still that present to it all the experience is still that present in in me that I, I still retain a lot of that like sensory you know the, the memory of it is quite strong and and are there other feelings that are attached to that feelings about this presence as you feeling in relation to the presence was it you know was it forceful scary accommodative 
interested but distant was it you know how how do you how do you describe those feelings are there feelings attached to that whether it's a brief moment and you can tell me as well is it a brief moment of your awareness is it an elongated moment of awareness does it last for a while does the presence linger is it quick you know what would you be able to tell me about that sure i, I think in that situation it was it was hard it was hard to tell it, it was almost like like at a certain point i was aware that that it was quite a you know, I would use the word tangible now, tangible presence. It was, a, it was, it was a strong felt presence. I think I, I wasn't as directly engaged as it was in later experiences. So there wasn't a sense of being spoken to, but there was a real sense of like, I'm, I'm moving. I'm, it was a real sense of something becoming present, but it wasn't becoming present for me, even though was aware of me and gave attention to me that that was kind of like what i felt and i just i do remember the sense of going oh what is this i like it piqued my curiosity like i was just like what like there's this I, it it was like yeah i don't know I, I didn't have any sense of i'm scared of it but i had a sense that that this thing is big and it is strong Okay. Um, and it is it is it is it is like where it looks it sees so there wasn't the sense of like i want to hide or i need to hide but there was a sense of going this is this is not this is not ordinary there's something this is a something else and i'm curious as to what this is but i mm -hmm. I, I didn't give any thought to it like really following that because it, it's, it's such an anomalous experience but that awareness of that it had happened stayed with me as well sure that's fascinating. I, I love that line as you describe this. You talk about it was big, you know, it was powerful. Where it looked, it sees. Cool. Well, carry on. Thanks for answering the question. <laughs> and I, I think that's that's as far as that experience goes for me because I, I left. <laughs> you know, I didn't. Uh, I didn't stay in the orbit of that. I don't even remember what became of his friend. I don't even remember his name. You know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I was, I was just caught up in, you know, in existing and surviving, and that, you know, it's very hard to maintain those kind of relationships when you're in that situation. So, 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 yeah. I, I mean, that, that, that was the extent of that. And then, do you remember? Sorry, last one. As, a, as I think about it, just before you move off, do you remember the ending of the actual experience? Was there a sense of the presence moving? Is that sort of a gray area? It's a gray area for me because it was like that moment where you lock eyes with someone <laughs> and then they look away, but you're left with the sense of having locked eyes with them still. So there's, there's that. There was, but there was also the sense of becoming present and me then leaving that presence when I left. Okay. Physically left the kind of swimming pool area sense? Yeah, yeah. And yet there was a there was there was also I think in retrospect the you know it's like whichever direction I looked f toward the presence was for a while, and yet at a certain point as I as I walked I realized that I I was also leaving it and it was leaving me or whatever it you know it 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 just it wasn't as the it wasn't as present as it was before and it you know it left so 
So in retrospect, I don't know. Did I did I leave, or did that other did that presence leave? I I don't I don't I'm not clear enough in that situation. I, I'm happy to own it as though, you know, the, the like I wasn't having a direct interaction, and I and I left as part of just leaving the event and that, you know. So, which is interesting because it's it's like I don't have an awareness of it leaving, but I think I have an awareness that I left it and I tuned out perhaps. I I think I think the for me, it's, it's the next two experiences that are the significant ones for me. The real life defining ones. The, I, I remember going for a walk <laughs> and deciding that, that if this was life, life wasn't worth living. Which, is, which I think is uh, philosophically quite profound for an 11-year-old, right? <laughs> you know, so, so I, I, remember, I, I remember really... Um, battling with that and you know I, I'd gone I went on quite a long walk you know I, I've taken people back I, I remember taking a friend of mine back at one point when we drove through that, that town where I was I, I can go to that exact piece of dirt and go this is the spot this happened it's that clear to me what had happened is, is I was walking past uh, it was in Mossel Bay there's a there's a big park there and there's a school there as well and I was walking down the one track the schools on the right hand side and, and then further up ahead there's there was a koi pond and i remember i remember the moment where where i i'd had this as a thoughts and somehow i'd, I'd basically s said that as a you know as a you know, like in retrospect, one would go, oh, prayerfully, like you prayed, but that's not the words I'd use. But it, it was in that kind of context where I was, where I was wrestling with that. And and somehow that that same presence that had become present earlier <laughs> responded and drew near to me. And it was a very intense experience. It was like a cloud of fire and power drew near and surrounded me. And and it had everything that that presence was before, you know that I that I felt at that baptism, except this was this was terrifyingly powerful. It was almost horrendously powerful. You know, it was awful in that sense. Um, um, and the. The interaction was quite, quite profound in the sense that it spoke to me. It it recalled a scene from a from a from a movie. <laughs> it's it it gave me an offer, like a request, like like to to sign up, and then spoke to me about the rest of my life. Like gave a gave a bit of statement, so th th those are easy things to just go like, oh, it had these because I've reflected on this quite a, quite a bit. But but getting into the experience, it was it was it was it was challenging because I'd literally gone, this life is not worth living, and and this presence's response was to recall within my mind the please sir, can I have some more scene from Oliver Twist, which is which is a child in an orphanage. Uh, you know, basically asking for more food, right? <laughs> and in the in the recollection of that, so it was like a it was like a like a vision within a vision. It was like a dream within a dream, like a augmented reality 
scene playing out within an augmented reality scene is 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 what it was but but it was in a in a moment that felt like it had all this time to it but it must have been through two three steps tops you know so and i i didn't stop walking so anyway anyway like so it it i have the scene played and it basically says to me is this a better deal for your life than you have now and my answer was yes and then basically it, it said that it had a you know it had a life for me it had a you know you know which in retrospect we would use the word calling for the, you know calling in relation to that and and I, re I remember the thought of going that's cool i'll sign up for that um but then there were events that followed that uh just in my life where three weeks later i was in a boys hostel in cape town <laughs> literally <laughs> Uh, I shifted. I shifted from a small town to a city. I, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, it wasn't quite th three weeks. It was more like probably two months or whatever it was. But 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 events moved very quickly, and I. That was when I became a ward of the state. You know, the social welfare intervened, and my brother and I were taken away from our mother. Um, you know, like quite a. It ends up being quite a traumatic tough experience but you know for three weeks we stayed with someone who then drove us through to cape town and offloaded us at uh, at a boys hostel it's like good luck with your life guys um uh but but i had the awareness that this presence had arrived spoken to me had given me an option asked me and then basically that this 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 presence had made this happen in my life um which was which was quite yeah anyway so there's there's a lot there and i don't it's it's not easy to put that in a coherence uh order or framework but but for me that 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 sense of 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 how painful i'd experience life to be um and the sense that like this isn't worth living and basically something going hold on i actually have a life for you and it is worth living and and it is going to have meaning and purpose you know uh, and then in between that basically going well here's the next step but you you your agency your choice you're involved in this um was quite yeah i mean it was quite profound in retrospect it's always been profound because that that element of choice in calling has always been there um yeah you know as you talk about the backdrop of your life against these experiences i'm, I'm struck by just how how apt that is because to to talk of these experiences out of the context of a life is is somewhat meaningless but as you specifically put your finger on that moment and and that that particular part of the experience in which the voice offers you something and you're offered that agency is is that in contrast to what leads into that moment is it a sense of a break of how life has been moving in terms of agency um, um is 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 there a starting of something there or a no I, th I think i think my my sense of agency is a retrospective like then i didn't appreciate the fact that i was given a choice and it didn't it didn't have meaning to me and 
you know, it was like, it was a good deal, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, so, so, so you take it, but in retrospect, it's, it's actually quite powerful and more so in recent years of my life where, where in retrospect, I feel like I didn't have agency for so much of my life and yet, and, and in that I didn't either, you know, if you, you know, social like welfare arrives at your house with the police to take you away, you've got no choice in that, right? Um, you know, where you get placed, all that kind of stuff, you don't have a choice in that kind of thing. And and yet to have have experienced ahead a presence speaking to me, giving me a choice, and then and then feeling like I'd made a choice and and even though I'm being swept up in something, my my choice was important in retrospect. Yeah. You know, so it it's it, it, it's hard for me to separate my retrospective from what was it like just in the moment then. Um, yeah. in, in the moment, there was a sense of like, like it, it, this thing was terrifying. It, it, the, there's a quality of the, of, of the timber to its voice that, that I think of, you know, like, you know, when you, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's just when you're next to a dangerous creature. Like I, I remember that, that feeling of a, of a lion letting out that deep rumble that like, mm. <laughs> that just, shakes your whole being right mm, mm, <laughs> you know that mm. kind of stuff like there's it, it's got that quality to it when when it when it when it spoke that i that i knew that that what it what it spoke w would happen you know there was there was just a tremendous power to it and it was it was terrifying like for me it was just a it was a very surprising experience to go from oh mm, you know mm. life is there's no meaning like who bothers like why should I care? You know, woe is me. And then suddenly, ta-da, you know, terrifying presence, you know, like literally like a cloud of fire and power. You know, mm. I, you know, like it's, it, it was just an overwhelming encounter. Sure. I mean, there's, you know, there's so much in what you bring out there. Because I, I, I'm initially asking my questions specifically from the in retrospective position. But to just tease out the different threads of what you're talking there, um, so I, I initially do ask retrospectively, do you see that invitation as a break in your sense of agency then, you know, as a child, as you look back now? But then I, I'm also fascinated by, by in the moment, do you remember what it felt like? I mean, if I contrast two things, you talk quite clearly about the, this is a terrifying experience. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you know that that's that's very clear in your remembering of the moment. But do you feel terrified in the offer? Do you feel terrified into, you know, is it a just go away and leave me alone? Any okay? Well, yes, whatever. Just <laughs> stop being here and stop being terrifying. Is is there something in? Is there something that happens in that moment? Do you have a sense of, of, of you at that age in that moment, having, you know, like, did did you have a choice in your answer in amongst the terrifying? Was was there a nuance to that experience? Perhaps even looking back now, is is there a sense of? Do do you know what I'm asking? Um, I, I, I think clearish. I think, uh, well, let, let me try answer it, <laughs> and then let's see. <laughs> let's see. If we can we can check notes after it. So, so, so I can so, be more clear, by the way, but but I'm trying not to be. 
Okay. In in terms of just like, what, what, I don't want to front load or project too much. Okay. Let me let me try. So so I I used the word terrifying because it was so powerful, mm. but but I didn't feel terrified in the sense of of feeling like I was in danger. Yeah. It was it was it was it was terrifying in the sense that this thing it just had so much it it was it just had it was just so damn strong and powerful. Yeah. You know it but was. It hurt you it didn't want to hurt me so 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 it, it it was it was awful it was terrifying but i i wasn't i wasn't afraid um and it, it's hard to separate those two because there was an element of what the fuck <laughs> you know yeah, i'm just yeah. going like like literally holy shit like like what what is this right but but there was a deep sense of of like I can trust this. There was a deep sense of, of like that. That's great. Yes, I like. I would choose the better life, you know. Um, so, so, I, it was that wasn't explained to me, but it was. It was very much going. Yeah, here's here's the next step. Like, are you in? Like, would you take this? Is this a better deal for you? So, so those as, as questions, I think, in retrospect, carry tremendous weight later on in life for me, because mm. because I I have felt that I haven't had agency for so long in my life, and that that's largely not just because of circumstance, but also because of my own um, inner struggles that I've had to work with, where mm. where I feel like I haven't had choices and I've had to make choices that others that work for others. And and so it's only in recent years that I'm I'm coming to coming into my own agency, my own voice, my own desire, you know, my own life per se, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the roots of it go back to there, where, like like in retrospect, it's mind blowing. Something that terrifying and powerful giving me an option. <laughs> what I could yeah, have said wow. no, like that's unbelievable. Like I mean, I, I didn't. It, it was just a seamless choice, and then and then just the 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 follow up the the fact that my life changed, you know, like I literally ended mm. up in that. I'm going, what? <laughs> like, you know, like that's unbelievable. Like, like was, was, was that real? You know, so, so, so to be left with that afterwards going like, that's not a story I tell. And, you know, in recent years, like, yes, it is a story that I tell, but I don't, I don't tell all the details and I don't tell, you know, like what it said to me, you know, it, but it, but it still carries it still carries weight and it still carries puzzlement. Like in retrospect, I still. No, 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 no. Go for it. You say it it carries puzzlement. Would you? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it, it's a it's an experience that was so much bigger than what I could see and what I could understand. You know, it's a it's a presence that was like beyond where I could see as well. You know, it's like it's like being surrounded by something. There's a sense that this. This, you know, I, I remember in retrospect thinking, we, we've we've got scalar levels for power, but this thing differed in kind. You know, it it wasn't stronger on a linear sense of scale and go, well, this is the most powerful thing. For me, this this was power. This this is f the foundational thing from which even the concept is derived, a and it, it it becomes like that with other things as I as I as I, you know, reflect back on it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just interesting. Like, like, like for me, it was, it was the thing of going like, like I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what I was signing up for. <laughs> I, 
Um, you know, I, I, I certainly wasn't signing up expecting more than just the next step. You know, I didn't even expect the next step. So I was surprised that the next step came th through. You know, I was so, so to go like, oh my goodness, this happened. And then, and then over the inter interleading years, these, these aren't, you know, like they, they build on, 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 on experience three was, was I would occasionally have dreams about the future and then be present to those events taking place or I, I'd, 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 I'd meet people and I had the sense of this, this presence speaking to me or giving me insight into someone, you know, and so it, it was just around and it just, you know, I was unconscious to it. Like it would just, it would pitch up <laughs> and, and then it would, it would, it would pitch up in my dream and show me things ahead of time. And so I, I started getting a sense of, yeah, just the sense that like this thing can speak and it can make happen <laughs> and it's speaking and making happening for me. But then I'm asking for things as well, and then it will speak ahead about that. You know that that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, you know, so there, there there were a number of 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 experiences just in between, but I I was still largely unconscious to it. It was like they happened, and then I you know moved through. You know, like mm. you know, just like you remember. You know, like like whatever. You know, having a cycling accident, it happens. You just move through. You just deal. You just go on. <laughs> you know, you're just. You know, it's in the years that 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 as an individual, I was actually becoming conscious of myself and life. So it was still in the realm of, ah, this happens, you know. If I can ask one last question, I think. Yeah, of course. <laughs> last, about um, about the yeah experience three, the the first of the second experiences. But but there's a there's a thread through there. You use a huge word when you talk in this this third experience and the interaction with this with this thing and there's so there's the soft the the soft intro i forget exactly what language you use the soft yeah yeah it was yeah. the soft introduction yeah the soft introduction yeah. in 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 number two and then this is a very present first person I'm almost tempted to use the word introduction again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I can see the, the growing of a sense of kind of, you know, as you could say, well, I've, I've been to a party. Have you met, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, yeah, he was at the same party. It was very different when somebody takes you across and you get to talk and shake hands. Yeah, this 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 was very much a, yeah. this was as blatant and as in your face that, that I, yeah. an experience yeah. that I've ever had. And it, it, it pitched up to speak to me and me alone. Yes, yes. And it was it was very one on one. Um, you know, so, so that growth, right? First element, second element. What I see present in your stories, I'm reflecting back to you. I'm 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 just I'm touching base with you in this. Is in the softer introduction is the sense of the power, the sense of the presence of this thing, and that as I listen to you is kind of in this, in this second meeting experience three. Right. But, but then you use this, this go, go with me for a second. I don't mean this necessarily the way it comes across to start with, but you use this ridiculous term trust, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that emerges from this, from this, from this one-on-one, -on -one 
space. If you, th if you think back into that retrospectively, or if they're, if they're feelings or senses or, or rememberings of, of you at that age and that moment itself, what is it that gives you the sense of trust? What is it about this thing? Because it's, as I listen to you tell the stories, it seems so fresh. And it seems, you know, I can't help but project myself in this situation and go, I've had an initial experience. It's been kind of, I don't know, what's, what's, what's the broader one-on-one, one-on-two? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like one-on-one -on -one version 0.5 as opposed, you know, whatever it is, like it, it's distant, but it's there, but it's big and it, and it's, and it's, it's scary without scaring, you know, I'm, I'm putting language to what you're saying, but, but correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, it, it grows, it's happening there. Why, why trust? What is happening in that moment that brings that trust about? What is it about this thing that makes you able to trust it that quickly? And it's not a it's it's not a, a question of incredulity. It's not oh that's ridiculous, Tim. It can't be. It's a that is a fascinating and for me prominent part of that experience. And I'd love to hear some more about that. I hope that's clear enough. There was a sense of of like being surrounded by something that held space for me. And it there was a sense of of it, you know, like the way, you know, like I, I've done that with my kids where I come over and something's going on and I put my arm around them and then, you know, like we look forward together. <laughs> I think in retrospect, my experience of doing that with my, with my kids is the experience of what I had then because I really had the sense of, of, of like, it, it didn't challenge me about the value of life or anything like that or didn't say that I was wrong and who am I to think that or anything like that. So it didn't come to me like 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 an angry someone that was angry or disgruntled with me or you know, or accusing me of having missed the points or anything like that. It just came alongside and was like, I I, I have something better for you. <laughs> and there was something that I think that was disarming about that because because it wasn't asking anything of me other than whether I was in. It wasn't expecting anything of me. You know, it was, it, it basically just went like, like, is this a better deal for you? And then, and then on my yes, it went, okay, well, I actually have something else for your life as well. And, and it was, it, it was that sense of, of like, it, this terrifyingly powerful thing was basically going, I have this something for you. <laughs> mm. Um you know, and and it was it it was it was it was it was invitational. It wasn't uh, nothing was forced on me, which I think is is incredible. Like like we live in a culture where you don't give minors choices, right? <laughs> and and yeah, I'm uh, like, I think what built trust was the fact that I was I was given choice, and and then the sense that this thing can deliver, like like it could deliver, like. Like I knew when it went, is this a better deal for you? And I went, yes. I knew that my life was going to change. I didn't, I didn't know what the situation was going to be or anything like that. But I, I had a very clear sense of like, yeah, there is hope. There's a different future for me. 
there's something that emerges as I, as I think a little further around that and as I listen to your response that I just want to put to you and you can tell me if it makes any sense or whether you would reject it or not. And, and the closest thing I can get to that is, is, is the idea of, of, <laughs> of body language. Because when I listen to, to kind of the, like the, for lack of a better phrase, the verbal interaction, it's at quite a minimum compared to a lot of what you report, if that makes sense. And, and that's, you know, that's as I'm, I'm exploring the picture with you. And does that kind of make sense? Because in, in that first soft intro, it's like, it's just all body language. Yeah. In a way, if I could, like the thing turns, it looks, there's a, a shared look, a glance or whatever connection there. Now you describe the idea of something kind of like surrounding you, but you know, you can use the word surrounding in so many ways. Like if I told you about going down a dark alley and six guys came out and I was surrounded, that's a very different feel. You know, like it immediately takes all trust out of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But the way you describe that is so, is so beautiful. In, uh, and I can only think of the body language there around the positioning of this thing relative to you does that make sense is is that yeah like something very that much would, yeah that 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 clicks absolutely i i think for me my my sense of going in the way that i did that i've done that with my children put my arms around them and then looked i think that's that's the first time it clicks for me and hearing you say that and putting it like that it it totally clicks for me in that way yeah oh that's yeah that's incredibly special thank you yeah please please feel free to 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 carry on so, so the next years end up being quite, um, quite interesting because, <laughs> you know, uh, like spending your time in children's homes is not a, not a particularly um, healthy environment, right? Mm. <laughs> You're not s surrounded by the healthiest people. You are surrounded by people who've got really tough life experience and that. Those are difficult and somewhat unprocessed years for me. But the the bit that's relevant with this is that, you know, you've got these damn Christian missional do-gooders that really just want to get involved and save people, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think and I've it, heard of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, if your life sucks, you could just put your trust in Jesus, who's 100% reliable. And to this day, I just want to take a fork and stab someone <laughs> when they say <laughs> that. Like I saw someone post it on a, on, a, on a Facebook post the other day, like they're doing some church thing and they're like, you know, and I just, I just, I just want to go like, what, the, you know, like, what are you saying? I literally like, like if they were around, I'd take a fork and stab them in the leg and just go like, wake up, <laughs> you know, anyway. So, so I had this tremendously frustrated experience because the the first place was an Anglican children's home and the, and the second place that I was in was a Methodist children's home. And in both you forced to do church. And in the first one, there were these uh, YWAMers that uh, <laughs> were, were, you know, good old assemblies and YWAM and, and that kind of stuff. And what are they into? Well, you know, they just want to get everyone to say the sinner's prayer and confess their sins and give their life over to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just, I got so tired of these idiots and their Jesus. <laughs> And I really, I really just resented the the attitude, the implications, like absolutely everything that they were doing. Um, I, I, I like it really, really grated me. It was easy to, yeah. I, I mean, they do these daft skits. So, so every every 
week we'd have to do this chapel thing at St. John's where I was at for, for, for two years uh, in, in the evening. And if you're around in the morning every second week, you'd get forced to go to this Anglican church down the road called St. Barnabas. And, uh, and interestingly enough, I actually had a, a glimpse of the same presence in that church the one time. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, what? What? Anyway, uh, but that's that's as far as it went. And so so there was some association of the two, but there was a strong disconnect at the same time. And I didn't associate the language of Jesus and God with this presence that I'd experienced. So I didn't use the language God for it or anything like that. I, I, I didn't even have a conscious reciprocal relationship with it at that point, right? I, I really got frustrated with all these Jesus people. <laughs> and then and then by the time I was in the second place in this um, Methodist children's home, which I, um, I I had a chance to revisit recently, I took a friend that, and, and gave her a tour and got to actually go for the first time into buildings and that since I left and, you know, that kind of thing. So, so I mean, it's, 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 it's a long time in, in the past, but that second place, the principal is a Methodist minister. You know, many of the people that, that ran the little homes on the property were, you know, like sisters, you know, like okay. like nuns, the equivalent of Methodist nuns, you know, <laughs> married to Jesus, <laughs> you know, anyway, uh, as well as other, as well as other minister missional people. And then in that mix as well, and of course, everyone was Christian that ran the show. And it was just so damn frustrating. And then in the mix, there was this, these charismatic Pentecostal fundamentalists as well. Yeah, anyway, and so, so I, I used to take great pleasure in fighting with people about, uh, uh, about their faith because oh, Jesus was an idiot and so were they. <laughs> I, I was accused of being a Satanist. Why? Because I played Dungeons and Dragons, or at least I was interested in playing Dungeons and Dragons. I never really got to play it as a kid. So, so yeah, anyway, so at that second place, we were forced to then go to go to church every Sunday and they I'd literally have a church on the property right <laughs> yeah. and uh and so we were forced to go and I I hated the experience and I had an awareness of her presence at the same time sure and as I fought with people I'd often have an awareness of this presence with these Christians that I was fighting against but I'd still fight against them because like I mean they were being ludicrous like if anyone's had that experience of these like want to be missional people trying to convert troubled kids right and you've been on the other thing like you, they really have to listen very generously to what i say because their intentions and my experience of it do not match <laughs> and uh yeah yeah anyway so so i i experienced that as being tremendously abusive having this jesus stuff forced on me and at me and i didn't give a shit about him and yet i've got to go to church and i've got to be grateful that i'm in these children's homes that provide why because they're christian do-gooders i can be more generous in my unpacking and my appreciation of that now from where i am in life now but back then i wasn't like you gotta hear hear that for what it is right <laughs> yeah yeah so the one day the one guy this one methodist minister guy had organized a like a like a video thing on creation versus evolution and it of course it was a very how do i put it straw manish version of evolution <laughs> you know and, and, and creation so well thought through balance yeah 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 and, and it was creationism as opposed to creation and evolution which really go hand in hand anyway so 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 it was one of those things of of and i and i remember just like 
getting ready to nail nail this right i was waiting for the end i was preparing <laughs> to rip every dumb argument that was part of it all the way through you know from within my limited teenage perspective <laughs> and it ended like the dude ended and i remember standing up and wanting to say something and i had a visionary face-to-face -face experience of jesus sure literally like standing in front of me as real as as any person that i've stood next to and 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 he looked me in the eye and he spoke with that same voice that the presence that the other had previously spoken of sure and and i just i just felt a strong like there was a clear association between them and and he literally uh, spoke harshly to me and said i did this and i don't explain myself to you wow and it was a it was a it was a real like disciplinary disciplinary kind of encounter and it just it just totally threw me and i remember being spun out and blown away and um and then over the course of i think it was like a week or two i i remember going for a walk and back in that day that property used to have a lot of space around it like a lot of like natural environments and I had the experience of walking into a clearing with, with, um, with an experience of Jesus sitting there, and, um, and then he quoted himself from the New Testament, <laughs> with yeah. the with the whole thing of of basically um, make the kingdom of God your highest priority, and and I'll take care of all your needs, um. And, and so we had this, we had this interaction and I left with the sense of going, yeah, this like, oh shit, I don't want to be a Christian, sure. <laughs> but like, I, like this is, this is clear, like this, you know, this is, this is very clear. And then it was the 21st of November, 1991. Uh, it was about two weeks after that experience that these, these charismatic Pentecostal fundamentalists, um, did like an enforced sinner's prayer thing with me and my brother. Um, and uh, uh, it's my standard nine year and then I did matric with them. So so we are going into my standard nine year and then after that went into my matric year. And with the matric year, I stayed with them and we'd built a relationship and I'd, I'd just fight with them and talk with them. <laughs> and they'd, they'd keep on throwing the Jesus stuff out and, you know, it's the rapture and everyone is such hot sinners and, you know, uh, none of us are good enough and Jesus saves and you've just got to trust him and he's the answer. And I'm going like, what's the question? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, isn't 42 the answer? <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that people didn't get that meant that I couldn't really easily respect them. <laughs> <laughs> you know? you. Um, but, but I really struggled with that because now, now these are people that also hear from God, but they're annoying and yet they're dysfunctional and yet I value them because I'm, that like neglected right it's it's a terrible thought right anyway so 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 it's it's in that context of 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 years of unprocessed abuse and neglect as i look back and um anyway that that i have this very real experience and then they do this sinner's prayer thing and i remember walking across the lawn to where i was staying and in that process of walking across, realizing that I was spun out because I felt like a presence had not only come upon me, but it had filled me. 
And from that point onwards, there was a remarkable change. I became a Jesus promoter and tried to lead people to Jesus. And I remember um, one person deciding that he was going to give his life to Jesus and someone else saying she she couldn't. Um, and in retrospect, it's because she felt she was too much of a sinner and she was pregnant <laughs> as a teenager. And I, I don't know. And this other guy was like, yeah, he'll do that. But then he started speaking gibberish. And if I'd, if I'd been familiar enough with the charismaniac and Pentecostal stuff, I would have thought that he was speaking in tongues, but I, I'd never seen or experienced anything like that. So I said, God, what, what is this? And I had that same sense of that presence drawing together and going, this is the spirit. This is another spirit that's in him and telling me what it was. And me basically going, well, shit, fuck, what do I do? <laughs> and and being coached by that, that, that cloud of fire and power, being present there, but being coached to, Tim, you step up, you say the following to make it leave. <laughs> and going wow. through that experience and that person being set free, but then trying to have a conversation with these ministers and religious people about this. And the, the, the charismaniacs take this as like, oh, yay, rah, rah, this is the gifts of the spirit stuff. And the Methodists basically go, I'm sorry, this is Satan, because God wrote a book and none of this happened, so it can't be real. Um, and, and just and, and that just being the thing of just going, like, what the hell do I, what, what do I do with this? So um, anyway, so there, there's a range of experiences there. But it was, it was, it was round about then that I realized that that this God presence Jesus thing was trying to build a relationship with me and was doing stuff and I could recipro reciprocate. So it then opened the question of going, so what do, what do I want? Like, what do I need? What's going on? You know, and so it was from that point onwards that I started more purposefully checking in and pursuing and just going, well, I, I, I want more. I want a closer relationship. I want to, I want to know you more um how how do i do that and then and then the whole thing of going of, of realizing that this god actually does stuff in the world right <laughs> so it opened up the possibility for me to to hear from god for dreams for people or to hear from god in the moment or to see god heal people or drive demons out right and and so it just opened that up for me but i i just ended up in that raw unprocessed place of of starting to discover that this thing with all this authority and power like I, I i i could speak and its authority would work i'd experience that authority when i spoke at times or anyway yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm just rambling now but there's a lot of mixed stuff in there um but but i i think i'm still not settled on jesus and my relationship with him and that really just goes back to the the institutions of the church you know and not just the main line, but the, you know, the independents as well, the broader evangelical nutters. Yeah, and also I I feel like my deconstruction even to this day of the critique of the institution, and and the absence of the presence of God is because of this as well. Um, but anyway, I. I can see those connections as you speak there. So. So pre previous to, if I have the progression of your stories as you as you as you share them, correct. You talk of that that moment in that class, right? You're gonna you're gonna tell that guy off, and and there's the vision and experience of Jesus, essentially, as I hear you kind of reversing the role, telling yeah, you a, off. Yeah, a presentation rather than a class, but yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, presentation. 
Then there's the clearing experience. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I was I was pausing because I wanted to ask a question. Then I thought, no, no, no let me continue with the, the summary and I'll come back. <laughs> let me not jump off the plane, the train just yet. Okay, so there's there's the moment of the presentation, then there's the clearing, right? Then there's there's an experience with these two individuals that you talk about. Um, that's visiting in their home or visiting, yeah, and, and there's the, the prayer moment, right? And, and then as you return from that, if I have the timeline correct, as you walk across the lawn, right? Then there's the experience. And is, is that the first, that's the first sense of, of this presence now entering you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then after that is the decision to become a Christian, essentially. No, there, that whole enforced sinners prayer thing was me basically like giving into them. But I'd realized I'd already done that, that by the clearing moments that it was settled for me. It was a clear calling and, and I was in. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one that you speak of um, is, is this interaction with this girl and this guy. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that comes post that, that moment of the entering. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. And, and by then I was a, like a Jesus promoter, even with all the conflict and the, and the polarities and tensions and that around that. Yeah. Thank you already in that summary. That's, that's, that's kind of already, I want to say answered, but I also want to give a nod to the fact that answered is, is a process <laughs> <laughs> in terms of questions as things emerge and as we go forward. But my first question was going to be, so at what point did you consciously go, okay, I will be the Jesus promoter, but you know, the, the clearing moment then is the time at which you, which is that an interactive moment or is that a, a moment is is that a is that a is that an i and i interaction internal just you or is that an interaction between you and the jesus figure kind of yes i will do this i will become a you know a follower of you or a promoter of you or whatever language that you used there it was um... or something else no, it, it, it's it's along those lines. So 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 what what's what struck me in that was that he was paralleling what that pr earlier presence had had said. It almost bring a clarity and a direction to it that that I hadn't had from that initial invite of like you, you know your, your your life is going to you know uh, like go somewhere and yeah. I felt like he was he was building on that, but building on the commitment to go, or basically going, look, I've been providing for you, and and I'm going to keep doing that, but like what what you're called to is 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 my kingdom, and to make that your highest priority, and me, basically just going like, well, I don't really know what that is, but I'm but I but I'm in for this, like I I'll like, you know you know, and then. And then over time, my thinking has has shifted and grown to understand that 
that that relational presence and kingdom of God, or, you know, re relational presence, reign of God, kingdom of the heavens are synonymous terms for me. And to make that my highest priority is to make the becoming presentness of God the highest priority in everything that I do, whether, whether I run a group or I preach in a church or I you know, have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with someone or anything like that, you know, even though I I've dialed back and I hold back from that now for, you know, particular choices and that, like, like for me, that, that interaction of him going, this, this is it, this is what you're called to, this is the most important thing, and me going, yeah, I agree with you, I'm in, like, this is, this is it. So I, I was, I, I was very aware that there was a discrepancy between church and his calling of me and that the church uses the language but isn't doing the same thing that's that's really what i felt there and then and have and that stayed with me ever since but did you give a live present moment kind of yes to the figure did that yes emerge kind of as you walked out of the clearing was that a it, it was a it was an interaction between me and an other so i felt that that this person who had died and been raised had come to meet with me mm. and and that that in that interaction for me it was yes i like like i'm following you i'm you know this is like i recognize that this is a this is just what i'm doing this is where my life is going i'm doing this so so but but it was very much a like a walking into a clearing with him sitting there lounging <laughs> on the grass and and just yeah it was uh yeah see, see uh, what i'm trying to tease out is the sense of i don't know what the language is here there's like a maybe it's because it's it for me it's so often represented at an institutional level as being devoid of relationship and the idea that to say yes to God is to do that in and of alone on your own. And, and, and even if you do that, you know, with somebody at the front of a church saying the sinner's prayer or, or whatever else it is, for me, it, there's, there's often, there is a, there is a, there is a waiting to the absence of God there that is put there. Um, it's put there. It's uh, it's kind of it's intentional, but not because anyone says, "Hey, listen, God isn't here, and there isn't really a God, or you know, God is just some impersonal force or whatever." So when you say yes, you're actually just saying yes to yourself. You know, you're you're kind of alone. But what I hear you describing is a, you know, as I, as I picture the scene, and this is why I want to be careful because I don't project. But it, it's an interactive yes, like you said yes to a thing. Yep. It was there in front of you, is, is what I'm getting at. It wasn't like that interaction happened and then you walked away and on your own, you said to yourself, out of the consciousness of that presence, out of that interaction, yeah, I'll do that. You actually said that to this person. Yeah. And and I think that for me is, is like as I listen to you and I get that sense, that for me is a distinction around how I would maybe often I don't think ordinarily, but often enough that it, it's the majority time for me. I listen to people's stories of 
and and this this I'll use very loosely, but making a similar commitment, you know, the idea of a commitment to Jesus, often sounds very lonely. I'm not sure what other word to use. I I think I think I Does I, it make sense? I think that to totally makes sense. I I resonate with that because I I feel like when a lot of people do that commitment to Jesus, the altar call, the sinner's prayer thing. It, it's not a it's not a it's not a relational experience it's a it's it's they're making an they're making a commitment to a silent absence to someone that's silent and absent and they're making a commitment to change and 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 often that does result in change in their life but but not relational growth in connection with god and i i, I struggle with that and i feel like i feel like that that as a whole subject is something to be unpacked and you know, to 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 nuance and tease out. I, I am aware that when when I had the sinner's prayer thing forced on me, the 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 first bit of it all the way through literally was like just doing something for someone else's benefits, right? Like they as charismaniac, like like Jesus freaks, they like they've got to get people saved. How you get saved is this. This is the moment for them. And I I I really had that sense of like it's it's an abuse. It's like you're not really consenting to something freely. You're consenting to something because you don't have choice and they're getting jollies out of it really is the situation, which is why I feel like it was abusive. And so it was me and and, and, and my brother did, did nothing for him. That did nothing for me. But there was there was them praying for the infilling of the Holy Spirit that that hit me. And I, I remember feeling like I was completely spun out and drunk and, and, and spinning. Um, and so... so so it ends up being a weird experience because it's it's twofold. The first half of it is is me just being like like feeling like I don't have a choice and something is being forced on me. And the second bit feeling like this there's a growing experience here in terms of a connection with the presence. The presence has has now come and and and, and like like the same presence has like seeped in now. You know, and so it's that same sense of tangible outside, but a, like a tangible inside of literally feeling full in my, in in my being. You know, um, and and in my head, it's like my mind just expanded, my perspective just opened up. I remember that, and and then the clarity of dreams that I'd have, and the clarity of leading that I'd have after that, like was wasn't was was almost like a new it was very new compared to what i'd had before what i had before just seemed murkier and much more sporadic i'm, I'm trying to pick my course of response to that very carefully because i i realize that i'm tempted to go abstract where i respond to that but to try and stay within the personal is is difficult um one thing that is helpful now as I listen to you better now is that it's clearer for me, if I'm hearing you well now, that the experience of this this entering, you know, now you're using the language of the infilling, that happens in that moment with these two other people. And, I, and I'm aware your, your brother is there as well. Whereas previously I understood it to be happening outside of their presence as you walked home across the lawn so 
Okay, that's, I, that's I think it was an extended experience for me. It was yeah, okay. it was it was something started at the end of the interaction with them, and as I left, I realized there was something ongoing as I went as I as I, you know, as I walked across the lawn yard. You know, to be very honest, the the first thought that strikes me is you talk about that the sinner's prayer thing and the sort of the sense of abusiveness, etc. The very first thing that strikes my mind is and just kind of forgive the language, but just sort of rolling with the context of it all, but is is I wonder whether Jesus felt that that was abusive as well. If that makes sense. Because, because the sense of how you describe that to me, and perhaps it's just because it's in contrast with the clearing experience, it, it, it sounds so completely different on this note in that, in the clearing, it's very, it's very obvious that you're interacting with the person you understand to be Jesus. And and again, by you understand, I'm not casting dispersions. I'm, I'm just I'm trying to roll with your language, right? But I hear nothing of that in how you describe the second experience of the meeting with Jesus, which is the sinner's prayer. And and what I mean by that is that's how it is presented, right? Is you know, you're offering your loyalty, commitment, blah, 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 to Jesus. But the way you describe it is actually as if these people are asking for it themselves. And that's actually what's being asked for in that moment, is that you will go through some kind of rote that would give them something, but actually Jesus gets nothing out of that. And because of that, it's not relational which is how you describe the clearing and so much of everything else leading up to it. If I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, but then something seems to shift at the point, perhaps back into the relational where you talk about the infilling, the connection there. And I, I don't know why that, you know, why I think that way, but I just thought I'd put it to you and see what you thought. I, I, I feel like I, I, I agree with you that I agree with you. I think, I think you're spot on there. It was very much a like, and that's why I don't like the, the, the portrayal of Jesus just as meek and mild because <laughs> my real introduction to him is not that right. <laughs> mm, yes. It sounds it. Yeah. You, you know, um, but, but it is quickly followed up by that. You know, it was that second meeting was a warm, gentle meeting. It wasn't, it wasn't a, this is what you're signing up for. It was, it was, it, it was, again, it was invitational. It was a join me in this. It was a, um, it was a very respectful interaction. Yeah. Which is, which is hard to put into, it's hard to put into words to capture it, but it, it, it was very relational. It was very much a lucky, like, here's the work. Here's what I'm, you know, here's what you call to. And just and just just knowing, just like yes, like yes, this is this this is where I this is what I've I've been getting to. This is what I started with, right? And 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 now waking up to the fact that I'm reciprocating, and out of that, then there's this mixed experience of that sinner's prayer thing. Now the irony is is that those other two people, you know, the the girl and the other guy, like I was very quickly schooled into this is what you do to people, <laughs> and I remember struggling with it, and then struggling with the reality of it of what followed up because there was an actual quote-unquote deliverance experience with the one person and no one took that seriously 
and I and so I was left alone, and that 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 became a, a staple of my experience for the for the next period. Is going like, like, like I I can't talk to people about this because they they tell me I'm crazy or it's demonic or whatever. But but I, I I'm having clear dreams or clear like leadings or or whatever. Um, and then let alone all the charismaniacs, all the Pentecostals with the you have to pray in tongues, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's bullshit. You sound like a bunch of bananas, like. Like, I don't, I don't need that. I don't want that. You just, you know, anyway, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, that's, that's all different. That's a different tangent. But, but, but for me, there was no speaking in tongues experience or anything like that. None of that was, was part of it for me. So it doesn't, it doesn't follow the classic things. And I felt no need for it. And I, I didn't, I didn't want it. I'm fascinated to know what, whether you remember or whether you're looking back now again, you know, kind of continue to roll with, with both of those lenses. So the, this moment at the end of the presentation where you stand up to confront the presenter and there's that moment with Jesus, what are the... Okay, so to be fair, I'll, I'll lay everything out rather than feeling like it's leading. I just, I just think that it's not meant to be, but rather just to be as clear as I can beyond that. So I'm fascinated in what the feelings are as you receive that. Right, because it's either in that experience that I remember you talking about, or it's in the experience in in the in the clearing. You said something along the lines of 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 a sense of no. I th- I'm sure it was the present presentation experience that first that face to face meeting with Jesus. You talk about a thread back to the other two experiences of the presence and the same voice that connected to. But the experience is very different in terms of Jesus reprimanding you. And so I wonder, what did that leave you with as, as that kind of ended, however it ended as you moved out of that, right? What feelings did you have attached to that? And the second part to that is then what feelings, if you remember or think back, emerge as you enter the clearing? And I'm assuming it's it's the same figure that you see in the clearing as you as you experienced in the presentation so the initial one was was very confrontational and and for me it was it was my it wasn't an aha moment it was an oh shit moment because i didn't i didn't believe that jesus was real and i didn't associate what all these christians were on about about jesus with that presence that i'd experienced and in that moment of him of him confronting me I did that that and and back then I I didn't have any any language for it but but it but it was it was seamless they were different but they were the same you know same authorities same almost just a more concretized version of the other <laughs> you know so the one was like a like a like a cloud like a presence like a like a you know, like like you'd read the weather coming in, kind of thing. You know, and, and then this was a was a person. This was a like a face to face concrete person. And and I that that initial, yeah, the, the yeah yeah. But that initial was a was an oh shit. I don't want you to be real. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want. This is not what I what I want. I don't want this. I didn't, you know. But then the encounter in the in the clearing very much parallel the third experience that I was talking about that same sense of of something is turning its attention to me 
and it's it's for me and it's inviting me and calling me into something you know it's it's like that was a there, there was a they seemed like bookends the same thing for me um does that i, I don't know if that makes sense it's no no sure I, I mean i ask in part because i guess i project into that moment this the sense of you set the scene really well in terms of what leads into that, the frustration with the Jesus people, right? What they're <laughs> trying to do, what they're trying to get you to agree to, et cetera. And, and, and so what you, the story you tell has this building sense, like there's a crescendo that reaches this point at which, at which you stand up. And, and so if I, and I just, I'm very visual like this. So I, I'm just, I'm seeing pictures in my head as you talk and I'm picturing these moments and these kind of faceless people as they're interacting and oh Jesus, 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 Jesus. And then there's this moment and, and I, I have the sense of this boiling inside of you and you stand up. <laughs> but immediately, you know, as I experience you tell the story, that like you have your legs cut out from underneath you. It's it's as if you don't even get to it it's in a way it's incongruous mm. because I see this kettle boiling and boiling and boiling. And then all that energy in the way you tell the story like dissipates in a second. And that's, and so I'm fascinated in those feelings because what I'm expecting is even with, with the arrival of, you know, the Jesus figure is, is a, is a, who the hell are you? Get out of my way. <laughs> I need to tell this retard, you know, this idiot um, off. And yet that's not how the story continues. And, and so that surprises me. It really does. It's interesting that you pick up on that because there's moments where I would stand up to bullies. <laughs> that for mm. me was the same kind of fight energy. Because you've 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 got to stand up to fight. If you're going to fight someone bigger than stronger, you you step up and you you give it horns, right? So mm -hmm. so you have to make sure that you've got the right kind of internal resources, and then you're like you're going for it. So so for me, just like that energy of standing up, and I'm going to have a say at this Christian at this Christian minister guy. Like as it, for me, it was the same energy. It's it's the same protest energy of I'm standing up and I'm gonna I'm objecting to something. I'm gonna I'm going to get in there and I'm going to get him and then to stand up and just be completely completely just yeah as you say like like have my feet swept out and we to stand up to something and, and all of that just dissipates an instant because I'm I'm standing up into something that has got that power it's got that 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 presence that that awfulness this this danger this is this is this is like i'm not standing up to something that i can win against i'm standing up against something that defines power you know that you know like yeah so it it was a yeah yeah it was very much the kind of experience you know um but are there threads back to the earlier experience because now a very simplistic view on that would be when one person who thinks they're powerful stands up against something else that they know to be powerful and then immediately feels overpowered. The response is usually classically a cowering. Do you mm. know what I mean? The, it's, the, it's, yeah. it's a, and by that, I mean, just to take that further, it's a, there's very little agency left in the one who is cowering. There's very little confidence, sense of self, but within that also is huge amounts of like resentment, anger, 
um, hatred, you know, towards the thing that overpowers. And yet that doesn't emerge at all in how you tell the story, which is why I'm fascinated by the emotions. Is there any thread there? And, and I'm concerned I'm really going out on a limb here, but I know that you'll set me straight if I am, so that I feel <laughs> safe there at least. But is, is there a sense in terms of that presence that goes back to the earlier presences, that surrounding, that, that somehow helps with that dissipation? that doesn't lead you going into the clearing going, fuck, not you again. Now what have you got to say? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because as an outsider, that's that's the emotion that I project into those. And that's why I'm so fascinated by the actual experience. I wasn't standing up to fight someone that I expected to step up in front of me like that. <laughs> so there was a sense of being taken aback. But secondly, he, I didn't have the experience of him stepping in front of me to fight with me. Oh. It was it was it was actually it was it was a claim to go. I created stuff. I spoke things into being. I don't, but I don't I don't explain myself to you. I won't or I won't explain myself to you. Wow. Oh. And so in that there was a real sense of of basically, like which was interesting because in that in interaction he didn't side with creationism, <laughs> which is what one would expect in that kind of situation. So there was not. There, so that, there was none of that for me. So I've never been a quote-unquote creationist, and I've never been against ev ev evolution. I like. Yeah, that's a good nuance. I've got no qualms bearing those together, which is why I think the the, the ROT guys are a good company in that sense, right? So yeah, but then but then this this confrontational thing of of him basically, I feel in retrospect of going like your fight is misplaced is really what it was, and then allowing me the time out. And then finding me in a good moment uh, within my reflection, like on a long walk, blowing off steam, like 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 thinking about stuff, and in that, like me walking basically back into it, which which in some senses had a sense of like you know earlier I'm walking through a park, and mm. and then I like I'm suddenly surrounded by a presence, you know here, again I'm walking into a clearing and there's a presence waiting for me. You know, so so it it, it had there, there were layers of the softness and the strongness to it, but it wasn't like I got up to fight with someone and then Jesus came to bully me. There were, it wasn't like that. Sure. It yeah, it yeah, was very yeah. much a, a standing up and going, "Oh shit, you're real." <laughs> like <laughs> I I didn't expect this. I don't want this. I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to be yeah. defined as a Christian. Like like and 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 there's just a sense of going like your PR team is doing you an injustice. I mean, retrospective <laughs> words now, like I, w I wouldn't have thought that yes. then. But, but I mean, I didn't associate what they were saying, these Jesus people preaching Jesus and trying to shove it down my throat and stuff. I didn't associate what they'd said about him with this person that I'd met. I, this was just, this was someone completely new. I was just like, what the hell? Like, this is like, you guys have been doing this to you to disservice, <laughs> right? <laughs> Mm. And um, and I'd never I would never have associated this Jesus with this this other presence that I that I experienced before, and and I, I would use words like God or the transcendent, uh, you know, yeah. the personal transcendent, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, in relation to that now. But but back then I didn't have that language. I, I appreciate you really pushing into that. The nuance just kind of keeps rolling out for me. Yeah, I I just you know like I'm I'm just struck again by that thing you mentioned earlier about. You know how nervous <laughs> how it can feel nervous and awkward speaking about this stuff right 
because I, I i just i i suddenly go into the, the the third person observer and go like hmm, you know like what the hell <laughs> yeah tell me more you know how just a sense of like how can you claim these experiences like i start i start thinking about how people have responded to me over the years when i when i have tried to speak about it and and about you know but the fact that this is not safe stuff to speak about because we don't generally within christianity even take this seriously we don't take seriously any claims of someone going oh jesus bitched up <laughs> let alone like oh well you know like because you get to give your life to jesus but he doesn't talk back right how does he talk back he has the bible so so i like to me it just takes me into uncomfortable territory like that where i realize that i you know i i don't want to be back in the territory where i'm where i'm defending myself against things that are that other people are claiming or putting on me that i'm not you know for me this is just these are very real experiences that are um that are foundational to my sense of going of me recognizing that i i don't think either that that cloud or jesus as this person or all the presence that filled me that they want that to be a once-off and left only there. Like for me, it's 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 very clear that that each of those persons I, I can have a relationship with and I can push into and I can get to know. And it's difficult to be in a position of going, well, it's it's years since then. I mean we're a few years since 1991, right? <laughs> And, and and I look at this and going, I, I, I haven't I haven't got it figured out. <laughs> and but but I, I really want to. And I feel like I'm only now in the position all these years later where I can where I can recognise that I that I want that and I can freely choose that and I can pursue that. And that's that's what I'm doing. But but all the years and all the experiences in between, like they go back to these these initial these initial are still very much a part of things and and these experiences have been eclipsed at other times but this is the beginning this this gets me to the point of realizing that i can reciprocate and and that i want to and that this is there's just this potential for a phenomenal adventure for life <laughs> and and that sense of discomfort that you speak about is that located kind of primarily in in beating back the disbelief is it um is it located in I think to say to say that it's primarily located in how others would respond to the disbelief is the easy out for me because because this is unprocessed on many levels in terms of like what what must I make of this and it's it's got a lot there's a lot to the to the sense of of how poor and low my self esteem has been for most of my life until a couple of years ago where shifted quite dramatically and now from this position that i'm in now of actually having the healthier self-esteem and sense of self and all that kind of stuff that i've ever had finding my voice in that i look um i'm looking back and i'm i'm able to speak to the fact that there's there's just so much uh unprocessed and unresolved pain together with these tremendous experiences and they don't take away from each other. These tremendous experiences don't take away the trauma that I that I went through. 
and the trauma that I that I went through doesn't take away these experiences the reality of them and I think I think what's difficult is is people that know my story there's there's one or two people that I I, de I debate with often that are ministers and we study together and that and you know I went a very alternative route and they went a more traditional getting ordained routes and stuff but those that know my story they they often go yeah but you know those that are forgiven much you know or you know like you experienced this and you had a difficult childhood so of course you talk about God in this way but we don't need this and you know the church isn't really about this and we can't really do anything with it so it, it gets me into that territory and that's unresolved because my because my life experience is unresolved. Uh, not totally unresolved, it's largely, it's largely resolved, but there's unresolved elements to it. Because that's unresolved, it's very hard to, to, to find a clear way past that to be able to go, no, like, like those experiences for me is part of what I feel making the presence of God the highest priority is about. And it's part of what I'm called to is to go, no, it's, it, this isn't just for those one or two that are lost and broken. This ought to characterize the definitive thing. And, and that's where I think it's, it's, it's um, Jesus is also a devious instigator in using the language of the kingdom of God, because that's also ostensibly his primary message. And when that language is used, this present stuff is, 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 is key in scripture. But whenever we use the language of, we use the same language within Christianity or even, you know, I'll, I'll speak for Christianity. Whenever we use this language today, it, it's divorced of the sense of reality and presence and activity. It's unresolved both in terms of the wisdom tradition and the evangelical devotional thing for me. Because when they use that language, there's no sense of this. Whereas for me it is, and I feel like, like, like this has to be central this ought to be central it was it was god's intention for this to be central it's jesus intention for it to be central and we the ones that basically go none of this has to be central <laughs> you know because we have faith and mm. i i just go like that, that's where the conflict is because i feel like i'm con i'm i'm unwittingly conscripted into a faith that i'm tremendously at odds with and and then it's a faith that basically goes you only consider this valuable because of your past. And so it's difficult to unbundle that and wrestle with that intellectually without even just the intellectual pursuit for me being tremendously challenging personally because and relationally with how people respond like that. And so, I, I mean, we're in different territory now and it's back to the abstraction, I think, but it's the abstraction is not separate for me. They it, it all blends into into each other and so it's difficult when people go yeah it's because of your life experience that god showed up for you in a particular way now you're trying to make us have to have that as well and i'm going hang on <laughs> what does it mean to say you love this god and this god is present to you right is this not it and basically i feel like the answer is no <laughs> and that's the, I, I this is a large part of my driver behind things like this is a season and this is you know this the experience of god as a as a subject and a topic to explore not just in relation to texts of people that have died and left books to us and we can sanctify them but in the context of of lives like this because it's not just me that has these experience there's others as well and and no one conforms to the idea or image of sainthood until after they they did <laughs> 
you know, like, like, yeah, anyway, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm if, lost in rambling I, there. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. If, if I hear you well, are you, are you tracing the, in some ways, I would say the, the beginnings of this feeling as it tracks over, you know, we're talking 30 years here, if my maths is correct. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, there's a, there's a present feeling now that started in these experiences of God that you're talking about. There's a present tense who you are right now that I hear you describing that is rooted in these experiences earlier. And then when you talk in the abstraction about, you know, well, well, what about the relational primacy of God with other people? And they say, no, that is not important. Is there a double edge to that that I hear you describing as well that's also rooted in the past experience, which says, because of the backdrop of your life to this, that that's unimportant actually because, because you're unimportant, your experience is unimportant. And if you could be at whatever the supposed level is of whoever these geniuses supposedly are, that, that kind of then you would get it. But in a way, it's a, it's a tie back to that moment. Am I hearing you kind of describe that as well? Or am I off track? Or? No, no, I think so. I, I think, I, th I think it's, it's difficult because I, I feel like I, I don't fully get these experiences. And then I feel like I'm told that they're not actually relevant. <laughs> yeah, like you're saying. And and in terms of my past self-image, I really did feel like I don't even have a right to voice them and ex express them, let alone try to explain them or explore them and make meaning of them, let alone let them inform me about any potential value that I do have. <laughs> Or, or, which is what relationships do. Our relationships, our relational engagements, when we do things and say things to people, or we, you know, do activities with them or whatever, we, we, we're actually telling someone that they have meaning and they have value. <laughs> and when we deny them that opportunity, access to that, we're basically rejecting them and saying they don't have value. Um, and, and so I feel like, like, with some of this stuff being unprocessed, when people respond like that and go, yeah, but Tim, you had that experience, now you're trying to make everyone have that experience, but other people don't have that experience because they just have these coming to faith experiences and that's good for them, that's their home. And I, I feel like I'm going, no, I have it out of the horse's mouth that that's not what the horse wants. <laughs> but the question is not so much that you're off script theologically or or church tradition wise, is that what I hear you saying? It's not so much that so much as it's rooted in the past of who you are personally, that the reason you are off script is because you needed an off script reason to catch up. Is, is that kind of, I'm, forgive me if I'm putting that crudely, but is that what I hear you? No, no, I think, I think, I think putting it crudely like that is helpful. I think that's, that's, that's quite accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's, that's a, what a horrendous accusation to have to field. I'm just, I'm sort of struck. I mean, you've, in some ways, I bring an unfair assumption to the conversation at this point, at this point, at this point, because you, you've hit 
in some of our other conversations, but I'm struck afresh at the weight of what that would mean to carry those kinds of accusations over 30 years. Because it's, it's a veiled critique of your abstract. It's not actually, it's a critique of your personhood. Yeah, and, and and it's difficult to hit the point where I finally feel like I'm I'm finding my voice, <laughs> and I feel like I can't hold it. <laughs> um, can't hold your voice. Yeah, I I think I think just in the sense of of I, I've I finally feel like I'm 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 onto something, and and I'm realizing how hamstrung I am, you know. And it's 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 a classic thing of of always being hyper vigilant and hyper aware other people's emotions and processes it's it's the it's the having to please everyone and keep the world safe for everyone the needing to minimize my needs and ones you know etc etc so there's there's layers of that there's the there's the messy anxious attachment versus <laughs> avoidant you know and the, the, the messy combination of that that people like myself experience you know it's like i i i'm becoming aware that there's just all these there are all these layers that actually make it really hard for me to own and process this. And yet at the same time, this is this is what I want to do to such an extent that I want to process these, I want to hear these stories of others and process that with them and and build a picture of what relational spirituality can look like. So it's this double-edged sword of I have a deep relational need for intimacy with God and 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 with with people, you know, just in general, not just a not just a lover. Like and I want to live at that depth. What's awakened me to this is, is is these experiences. You know, this was the start of it. This was the start of the sense that I could I could actually reciprocate in a relationship. You know, as opposed to just you just take life as it comes and you're on rails because you don't actually have choice. You know, and realizing that no, in relationship and in this relationship I've always been given choice. Like it's the one consistent relationship where I feel like um, my right to choose has been respected all the way through. Whether I get that choice right or wrong has been immaterial, because after any kind of timeout, I've always been met again by this someone, this other that's gone. We're we're still on this journey together, and and it's because I, you know, I've got this for you. It's not because you had to earn it, and that's that's really disarming, <laughs> um, because I want to earn it, and and I can't. <laughs> um, I can imagine all of that as you, I mean, I'm just sitting a moment just in terms of narrating my presence because you can't see me right now. I'm sitting a moment in terms of with what you're saying there and the weight of that. I have, have the sense in what you're saying of contained within the relational interaction between yourself and God is this respect of your personhood. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with me. It's incredibly powerful. Well, thank you for um, being interested and for taking the time and being willing to. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a rare privilege. <laughs> Has God ever offered you another name? I know that's a really strange question. No, no, I've never had that experience. <laughs> Forget it then. I don't, I don't know why that came to mind, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> I missed it with time. 
I'm tempted in a way to sort of sort of move on and and ask you some questions about kind of present tense and tie the the thirty year gap together and all the rest of that. But I feel as though that's and so I want to offer this to you. I feel as though that's the that's the part of me that wants to rush away from relational awkwardness and tie things into a neat bow and go, okay, well, you know, 30 years later, obviously everything's all sorted and, you know, all the questions are answered, you know, all the boxes are ticked, etc. But the way in which you tell your story is not that. And I'm not saying that as a reflection on it should be the one or the other. I'm trying to hear it for what it is. And as you talk about the process and the becoming and the finding of voice, etc., that is a it speaks to me of something that is open-ended, that continues, that that carries on. And so in a way I'm I'm also tempted to, unless there are other areas that you'd like to share or you know that, that come to mind that you want to explore, to sort of leave it there. And to then pick up on that, it, you know, it's, it's almost a, like a pregnant pause in a way, that sense. And then we can pick up again tomorrow morning from there. But I, but I also don't want you to have the sense of, we just kind of, you know, walked out on thin air and then stopped. Well, I could then go, well, maybe I've walked out on air and my boss just got to walk out on water. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I'm I'm being facetious. No, I'm I I think I'm with you there. I and it's really helpful the way that you've just phrased it like that because I had a meeting with someone on Friday <laughs> uh, who who knows some of my backstory and she was like and, and she'd made this comment of like it's it's amazing what you've done and how you've overcome and my response it's the first time in my life I've been able to say it where I where where I said what makes you think I've overcome anything. You know, I I just went on to have a career and an adult life. I didn't I didn't process or overcome any of the previous stuff. <laughs> I I think I'm possibly now only in the place where I can even recognize that. But it's the first time I've like I mean last week was the first time I was even able to voice that. You know of um, you know and, and and I can feel that it's got implications in terms of like revisiting this stuff these early experiences with God as well because because I I I I didn't I wasn't being I wasn't signed up for a lot of the experiences that I had by God either whereas whereas there's a lot of bullshit messages like God will like take you through these things because God's got a purpose for you or God won't give you more than you can bear and whatever and it's like no like 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 that's that's not the case like like life is harsh and it's a sandbox and 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 occasionally there's an oasis is is what I think you know <laughs> God is not a consistent like rescuer or anything like that at all is that's not what I've experienced you know like I've, I've exp or ATM or ATM or anything like that. I, I've literally had the experience of God going like, yeah, yeah, you, know, you fight this on your own. Like I'm not around. Like whatever. And in that, that's valuable because there's it's it's a it's a shifting from childhood dependency to adult independence to a mature, intimate interdependence is is how I see it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I, I don't I don't need to resolve the awkwardness and you know I'm I'm not not okay. You know. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in a good space and able to, 
embrace the ambiguities and the tensions and the you know the pain and the good with all of this and yeah there's no there's no sense of like being abandoned or left here at all you know i think kind of moving with the with the theme of what we're really trying to pursue here that just makes the most sense for me that that it is a collaborative space where we can have agreement and not necessarily consensus so much as just actual engagement around yeah you know do we feel like we're ending here you know we're happy we're going to move forward blah 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 um so that's great you know it struck me the other day i was i don't know what i was thinking about these are one of these moments where I, I i wouldn't conclusively say god spoke to me but it was a sense of a happening that was more than just my own you know internal musings but i just had this this the sense of this, you know, we kind of live under this lie in our current existence, in this portion of history, because of the way in which early life is structured. And I think specifically around kind of schooling as, as one of the main vehicles for preparation for adult life. But we kind of live under this lie that by the age of 16, 17, 18, 19, we should have actually handled a lot of the biggest questions of our life because it's at that point that we exit, you know, formal secondary education and we're expected to have planned a, you know, plotted a, a trajectory for tertiary education, which should lead us on into our professional working careers, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, then it's a hop, skip and a jump down to retirement. And then maybe, you know, at that point, you can kind of reimagine yourself, etc. And, and although there's a lot of lip service done to, you don't have to be defined what you by what you study. And, and I also I draw this from a background of working in helping young people figure out their exit from secondary education into tertiary and where they want to go with their life. But there's some lip service around, you know, you're not always stuck in the same box, you don't always have to be the same person. But I think essentially, subconsciously, we we imbibe this idea that by 16 or 17 or 18, depending on your country around the world, wherever it is, or 19 at the latest, you're expected to have a really good handle on who you are and where you're going. And there are other things that happen. And sometimes it's almost accidental, right? Like you go through a, a an adult trauma or you know something unexpected happens and then you'll have to dig a little deeper and reimagine yourself etc etc and you lose a loved one or a, a business or whatever something happens but that takes out of the reality of what it means to be present and to process incredibly deep incredibly human incredibly complex things that actually i'm i'm beginning to believe are are an 80 to 90 year journey potentially I've said to God, 75 is quite, I'm, I think I'm okay with that. I mean, we'll, we'll maybe reassess like 10 years to go from then, but you know, potentially 80, 90 years on this planet, maybe longer, you know, depending on what science and Elon Musk have done, dug up recently. That is a long time of becoming. That's a long time to lean into, you know, like experiences that you've spoken through now and specifically early experiences and how formative they can be. And the unpacking of them and, and then there's experience that sometimes affirms or denies some of that or reorientates us or whatever else it is and, and it just struck me that it's a very valuable position to take of this continual 
presence to process and that that does mean that it's awkward and there's tension and there's difficulty and there's nuance and there's complexity and all those things and it's not as simple as oh look at that you're 16 and you've figured everything out and you've got an answer for everything and you know adult life will be a doddle you know congratulations yeah i i kind of share that to say i'm really grateful for 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 you and your personhood and how you process life and and your willingness to I think it's an incredible bravery that you're willing to share kind of this stuff and and stare these things in the face you know for for some of the unsettling realities that they may be and some of the unsettling questions that come out from that that are not immediately reconcilable or resolvable and so you know I look forward to our our next installment of this conversation and uh, further ones thank you